0: This is Three Valleys radio coverage. Oh what a shot that is of Yeovil Town Football
1: Club direct from Hewitt Park.
2: The heart is a blue. Shoots up through the stony ground. But there's no room. in return for grace, it's a beautiful day. Skyfalls, you feel that? It's time
3: for another Glover's Golden Oldie.
2: love down even if that doesn't ring true you've been all over and it's been all
3: over we look up one of our former heroes Day. Well, this week's uh, guest is a dart throwing central defender from Bristol with a very Bristolian accent. Of course, I'm talking about Tom White, right? Tommy White, twenty sixth of January, nineteen seventy six, Bristol, five foot eleven, and a defender. So, tell us, Tommy, how did you first get involved in football when you were a kid?
4: Uh, very early stages, it would have been sort of family kickabouts. Um, coming from quite a big Irish family, lots of uncles, uh, picnics and things. There was always footballs around. Um, pictures of me when I was like three or four, sat on the ball, sulking, um, <laughs> the old lever scrap ones, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I had a love for football very early on and uh, I joined Cubs just to play football. Right. Um, I didn't want to do any of the um, dip, dip, dob and a b- b- job weeks and all those making knots and all that. I just wanted to play football. But at that age, or six and seven, that was probably the only place really you could play as a schoolboy, sort of... Um, children's football didn't really start till under 11s back then Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously yeah from the age of 11 I was playing with sort of um, sorry from the age of 8 I was playing with under 11 Uh, I played a year up for my first year under 11s and then went back to my own age group and you know I was playing Saturday Sundays and school football and yeah so um, it was uh, early as early as possible I could play I was playing
3: So you're obviously very very keen on it from an early age then for sure Yeah
4: absolutely and I had an older brother sort of two years older than me and, and whilst he was you know, a, an OK standard. Um, obviously, being the fact that he was two years older than me meant that um, it was it was difficult for me. So I, I had to try hard, and I think that's sort of uh, always been in my football ethos—is uh you know, working hard because I had to; otherwise, I wouldn't get to touched.
3: You mentioned you got Irish uh, blood in you. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. What, what, what's the Irish connection then?
4: Yeah, my mum and dad are both from Irish families. Following up, my dad's one of nine, right. um, and he he came over to England when he was fifteen, hmm. and my mum's also one of nine uh, but she came over here when she was three uh, so my dad's from Westmead, just outside Dublin and my mum's from Mayer originally
3: all oh, right, uh, right. A- you're very much a Bristolian when you got the accent anyway that's for sure
4: absolutely yeah I was born and raised here so I always say I'm, um, I'm English but with Irish blood yeah um, yeah absolutely so,
3: yeah. so as you all know we have some musical interludes in these interviews and this is the first one of Tom's choice and of course it's the king of pop Mr Michael Jackson and Billie Jean Michael Jackson and Billy Jean. So let's get back to Tom. So, you know, how, how quickly did you join Bristol Rovers in terms of, uh, you know, a, a Apprentice or a, a whatever the schemes uh, yeah. were at that time?
4: I joined I joined Bristol Rovers when I was 15. I, I knew there was a few clubs um, watching our team, our local team on a Saturday. We were on a Sunday, sorry, Witchwood Sports. We were a good side. Uh, I think I think like seven or eight went on to do YTSs around the country Yeah, from um, on that one club side. Um, and there were teams watching for a while but my dad wasn't very keen for me to to go off too early and um, basically when I got to sort of 15 Rovers came knocking um, and I started training with them then um, I made my reserve team debut at 15 um, and when I was 15 I was playing in the youth team while I was at school I was playing in the youth team in the Southeast Counties League um, probably played about twenty odd games that season, so that kind of brought me on no end, if I'm being honest. So very quickly going back to sort of your local Sunday football seemed easy um, by the end of that season. And then obviously I, had, you know, Bristol City came knocking as well. But I sort of established myself to a degree as a youngster at Bristol Rovers, and it was would have seemed stupid to go anywhere else. Been in fact, I've already played for the reserves, and I sort of had a a, a name, if you want, as being someone who's, who's all right.
3: Mm. I'm but surprised so. that Bristol City would have come in. For a Bristol Rovers player, though, did it? I didn't realise they did that.
4: Well, when you're a schoolboy, you can kind of you, you can go wherever you want. I hadn't signed any forms, so when I say they came in for me, I mean um, you know their scout was asking me to go training with them. Yeah. Um, all the time, but like I said, I'd been at Rovers for probably seven or eight months by the time they came, and, and I was sort of settled and knew where I was. And like I said, I had a strong chance of back then. it's "Weird, you're, you're not that confident. You you always." You do not take anything for granted so you you wonder if you're going to get offered a, an apprenticeship or you know and then and then two years later you're sort of wondering if you're going to get offered a, a pro contract and you you're not really too sure of yourself so um well back then anyway that's that's how i was for mm. sure um well, so yeah
3: according to uh wikipedia you had 54 appearances for Bristol Rovers between 1994 and 2000. What was the highlight of your Bristol Rovers career, would you say?
4: Um, yeah, I think Wikipedia only does league games. I'm not sure, because I think it's mm. a few more than that. But to be honest, my, my career at Rovers, I like, I made my debut and I just turned 19, literally. Uh, I think it was about a week and two days after my eighth, 19th birthday. Yeah. Um, as a first-year pro at centre-back. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's not very often now you see a 19-year-old centre-back in League 1 or League 2. Mm. Um but yeah, I was making my debut and I had a I had a good run um under Ian Holloway early on at one point. I suppose I played about twenty odd twenty games in a row when I was fit and but if I'm being honest, I was docked by injuries from, you know, seventeen, eighteen I had injuries and then nineteen to twenty one I went too bad and then I was I was out for two and a half years. Um no t- nearly two no twenty three months, sorry, twenty three months out and then I went on loan to Hereford for three months. Mm. Um so yeah, I had some great times at Rivers. We got—I was in the—you know—I I played four games in a row when I was when I made my debut, um, and we got to the playoff final that year uh, at Wembley. Oh right, yeah, uh, against Huddersfield, but lost two-one. But funnily enough, I wasn't even there because I got—we um, had a, a tour of France, uh, the youth team, and um, they were allowed one over-age. I think they were allowed three over-age. Actually, I think it was. And me and Matt Hayfield, who obviously played for Yeovil as well, we were in the same youth team. Um, we both went over to France to play, so we never even went to Wembley uh, to watch. A, you know, that was that was a, that was probably a low point. <laughs> but the tournament was great. We got to a final. We were playing teams like Spartak Moscow and Paris Saint Germain and Paris Saint Etienne, and all these great, great club sites mm. um, in France. And, and we got to the final. We we only really lost um, in extra time um, to a penalty. Uh, that was the only goal we let end in the whole tournament so it was a successful tournament in that respect but yeah I would much rather have been uh, at, at, at Wembley watching the pros because when we came back from the tour um, we actually got back in time in the morning to go on the open top tour bus around Bristol oh <laughs> I bet um, you felt a bit of a fraud didn't you <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah mm. it wasn't very successful so um, we weren't even there yeah. yeah so
3: time for another musical interlude and this time we've got Enrique Iglesias and Hero
2: Your breath away. Would you swear that you'll always be mine? Or would you lie? Would you run online? Am I in too deep? Have I lost my mind? I don't care, you're here. Who wanna hold you Oh yeah I'm in too deep Have I lost my mind Well I don't care You're here tonight
3: There we go. Julio Inglesi's son, Enrique, and Hero. What was the biggest... I mean, apart from that that playoff game, which, which you didn't play in as such, what was the biggest game that you were ever involved in with Bristol Rovers?
4: Um, crowd-wise, like biggest crowd was probably a game... I think it's my first game back after 23 months. It's a bit of a funny story. Um, Ian Holloway, we used to do the um, teams. You'd, you'd go back to the dressing rooms after training and the kit man would have put a team sheet up on the dressing room door. Yeah. Um, and I looked, and my name was bottom, last name on the list. So that basically meant I was traveling in case someone got sick or ill. Yeah. Um, and I was devastated. I thought sort of flipping out all the way to Preston on a Saturday morning, because we were going Saturday morning. There was no overnight stay. Mm. um, to, to sit there in a the stand and watch. So that night, I stayed up late. I watched the film. I got, I got a film out of... Um, oh blockbusters got a dvd out of blockbusters got myself a, a whole tub of hagen ice cream <laughs> and uh i got went to bed about sort of half 12 one thinking i'm obviously not playing blah 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 i've been out ages and that sort of thing and then we're traveling up on the bus on the way up and ian holloway pulls me from uh chatting to someone he's a tom can i have a word so i walk up the front of the bus and s- sat there next to phil kind gary penboys and he says um Tom, I'm going to start you today. Straight away, I thought, oh, mm. bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brilliant. I I Brilliant. Asleep. Yeah, I, I was just gone to sleep. I just didn't see it coming at all. So yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I started. I came off after about 64 minutes. I'd been out for 23 months. Like I said, I was absolutely puffing. Yeah. Um, but that was quite a top of the table game at the time because we were at the time uh, very near the top of League 1, what's now League 1. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Preston were as well. They had a good side. Uh, I think we lost two 0 or two one. I can't remember now. But um, yeah, in terms of big games, I played in. I only played in. I only started in one derby. Um, actually, that's a lie. I didn't, think I, I didn't even started. I came on once for Brian um, Gall before half time as a centre back. He was getting absolutely ran ragged by John Goater, so um, they took him off and put me on. Um, I was sub at Ashton Gate for a derby. Um, what about FA really Cup? Good? Um, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, no real cut runs. We had, actually we had Ipswich, we played Ipswich, We were uh I think it, it might be like a championship side back then or yeah, I don't be a premiership. Uh, we played them at home and it was hail hailing hailstorms. and they had like Jamie Skycroft and Addy, Andy Johnson it Andy Johnson or the mixed race centre forward. Um somewhat Johnson went to Forrest and that. Um, they had him anyway in the side. Um uh, Bobby Petta's left wing. And um yeah, so we went to Portman Road, that was quite nice. Um, to play at that stadium, uh, but we lost uh, in the replay away. Um, yeah, one of the highlights, funnily enough, is it was a lot of reserve games, which obviously I played a lot of. But um, yeah, because we used to play at grounds like Highbury, White Hart Lane, Loftus Road. You know, all these sorts mm-hmm. of stadiums. And, you know, you can go back and sort of tick off seven or eight Premiership grounds you've played at. Yeah, obviously
3: yeah. there
4: wasn't, wasn't much of a crowd there, but <laughs> <laughs> you still uh, experienced the, the dressing rooms and things like that. So
3: so um so um yeah, yeah. around 2000 I presume then that you must have been beginning to be aware of the problems that your your uh your daughter had
4: yeah yeah exactly basically what happened was I I left Bristol Rovers because I wanted to um I wanted first team football I'd had three months on Hereford. I wanted to be playing regularly long story short I got led up the path by an agent who told me I was going to Brighton um so I sort of relaxed and thought it was all happening. Again, as a young professional, you kind of believe what people tell you. So that was all set in place. Then it turns out that there was no deal there. I was never even thought of going to Brighton. I went on trial at Carlisle. Um, then obviously I, I ended up coming to Yeovil. And if I'm being honest, when I first signed for Yeovil, it was just going to be a, 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 you know, a, a, a little contract for a few months because I wanted to go back into the league. Yeah. Um, and then, as you say, then basically uh, things changed very quickly when we found out that my daughter was ill. Um, and obviously it suited me personally. Even though I was enjoying my time at Yopal, I still had desires to get back into the league, Mm -hmm. um, as quick as possible, because I'd signed a free month contract. But yeah, very early on, um, I found that my daughter was ill, so obviously it suited me to to remain in the South West. So obviously I was keen to sign a longer contract, um, which I did. Um, Yeah, and obviously, you know, we we, we as parents we're, were young, and we didn't and me being a positive person, I didn't want to know any bad news, so we never asked for chances of what may or may not happen. We just kind of I just wanted to do the best that we could sort of thing. So mm-hmm. um yeah. But um obviously inevitably um she passed away and we, we did find out then they said that actually just so you know, no child has ever survived what she had. So if, but if we'd have known that, you know, a year or so before she passed away, that would have just been a horrendous story. Mm-hmm. No, it must, it must have mind.
3: been a, a, a terrible time for you. Though. I, I I, you know, I, I just can't yeah, imagine what really. it must be like to lose a child. Really,
4: yeah. Uh, uh, and in fairness, um, I do get emotional. I, I, obviously, I will get emotional now a little bit. And my, funnily enough, my son sat next to me now. He was born some years later. Hmm. Um, but the Yeovil fans were amazing. I had so many letters and emails and things given to me by the club, and that. it was, it was. I'll never ever forget that. It was amazing. I think I've, I've still got them in an envelope up in the loft. Uh, hmm. I think I have something like. Six or seven hundred emails and letters and things sent in from fans
3: did you um,
4: yeah. yeah they were they were amazing, really, really. It, it, and it helps I and mean, the lads were brilliant some of the lads came up to the church ceremony Steve Thompson uh, Skibo, a couple of other lads came up to it and you know the lads were a great bunch of lads and um, it was a great time being here what Up back then I've got to be yeah. honest I, I enjoyed it a lot now we've
3: got another musical track for you from Tom's Joyce and this one's called The Way I Are and it's by a band called Timberland <laughs> So listen. Yo, Timberland and the way I are and it's not the way I am in case you think I can't pronounce it that is what the title is called the way I are well let's talk let's talk Yeovil now I mean obviously this is a, a program about Yeovil town indirectly yeah. um you played in the conference uh not sorry not the conference the uh, FA trophy final um yeah that was a great day for the whole club for everybody concerned wasn't it
4: yeah it was amazing and again you know typically with uh my my career and life it's not as straightforward as it sounds because i, I speak to a, a groin muscle and a doctor uh, probably i don't know a week or so before um the final and we went training to Bodymore more heat um a, a local businessman I, I don't remember his name now but a, he owned a few places locally irish guy um paid for us all to go up i think and um trained there for a few days at um the belfry and trained at aston villa's training ground and yeah. i'd done a fitness test with tony farmer and declared myself not fit to play because i I'd get rid of this niggling pain in my doctor mm. so I kind of Struck myself off On the Thursday Before the Sunday To say well, I'm not fit to play um, And then On the on the morning of the game um, uh, Gary Johnson says Tom um, I want you to be on the bench And I'm thinking oh, I'm not fit Because What's the about you I'm not even fit Yeah. So um, I, I take a few painkillers He said I just want you on the bench In case I need to put you on For the last few minutes Just to shore it up A bit of experience and just in case I need you I'd, I'd like to have you on the bench Because I think it was Five subs back then So we had room on there as such so um so i'm thinking never know. great it'd be nice to be on the bench sort of thing but i'm thinking what happens if i've got to go on it's gonna be a nightmare so anyway long story short um uh, Colin Miles, or back then he was flat. Get, gets injured, and I'm looking, around thinking, "Just send Roy on now," because this is far too long for me to go on.
3: Yeah,
4: and he, he says, "Tom, get warmed up." And all I could think of was, was my family in the crowd, and it's on Sky Sports. I'm thinking, "How embarrassing if I go on substitute, and I have to come off after ten minutes." <laughs> <laughs> so i literally just—it's the last game of the season. I think it doesn't matter how bad it is. I've got to try and stay on. Um, so yeah basically I went on obviously with about six, 64 or 58 minutes gone I can't remember now exactly yeah um, yeah but in, in my footballing career that is by far and away the highlight yeah um, because I was involved in it in the end, you know. To to have not gone on would have been, um, it wouldn't have been as the same. It's never the same as a professional footballer if you don't play in the big games. Yeah. Um. Likewise with when, when the next season when we got promoted, hmm. I didn't play much that season. I, I didn't feel part of it. You you just don't. Whereas that, obviously, I played games leading up to it, and I came on on the day and. It was, you know, one of the best days of my life without doubt, especially as a a footballing thing. It was, you know, we had fun. It was good laugh. The fans were amazing. We were always looking in control. We looked like we were going to win the game the evening, you know, the bus back. Can you
3: remember remember Chris singing um, American Pie on the way back at the bus?
4: Do you know, what? I can't. I can remember bits. I'm, I'm terrible when I've had a few drinks. I I, I, I tend to not stop. So once I started, I I'll carry on. <laughs> yeah,
3: go. no, I stop. can remember yeah. that well because because funnily enough, yeah. it's, it's our it's our uh, sort of theme tune if you like at Our cricket club in the village, and so of course, yeah. well, I know the words off by heart, and uh, I'll always remember yeah, that. Because I was it's sat long. there at one point with the with the the uh, trophy, uh, you know, in my lap. So uh, yeah, and that was my first that was my first year at, uh, at Yeovil, and yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I felt it, yeah. I felt really really part of it, you know, as it was a fantastic. Yeah, no, you
4: were the lads. Yeah, you were because obviously I knew when I got there, you knew Water quite well, and obviously, yeah. you know, things like that. And obviously the lads had a lot of time for you, uh, and still do. I hope, and sure, especially all the lads who were there when I was there would always have a lot of time for you. You know, you were you're uh, fair but did your job um, nice of you to say so you know, it was nice. so it was so it was everyone there you know Stuart Morris everyone there was. it was a great it was a great experience and everyone yeah. was heavily involved and the lads were brilliant and there was no what you see nowadays no sort of big time charlies or no, no one that thought no. he was too good for this thought he was too good everyone had a lot of time for each other and it was amazing that that team was well it, it was brilliant you know everyone yeah. was a hard worker everyone had ability and yeah it was, it was a wicked experience I remember pop, flashbacks of the bus you know like singing mm. songs and you know just because we weren't big drinkers you know we, whilst we like to drink obviously most people do but you know three, four pints and we would be drunk drunk drunk
3: yeah, yeah. Um,
4: you know we were we were fit athletes to a degree I mean obviously not to the level they probably are now but you know still fit fit athletes as such and you know some of the boys were like 18s and 19s and 20s and probably mm-hmm. some of them probably you know, haven't drunk a lot in their past at all so
3: no sure yeah I? it
4: wasn't We were, you know week longer like foster as far as can say we'd have three days we'd be struggling <laughs> so, so um, you mentioned like
3: y- you <laughs> mentioned you didn't play much in the uh, in the promotion year what what was that injury problems
4: yeah we we went on we went um to latvia um for a tour and i
3: remember I, it well
4: <laughs> yeah I nicked, I nicked a cartilage in my knee or i did something over there and it just without, without going into too many details the, the physio at the time sent me to a surgeon uh, a, a specialist who i with my experience of knees i, I had a discussion with him where i said i want to go to a knee specialist probably so yeah. a knee specialist anyway he sent me to a surgeon who was like a, a typical knees elbows joints ankles um you know, shoulders and all this, and he, he basically operated on me and, and messed it up. So mm. I had to have a second operation, which was a bit bigger. And yeah, basically, I was out for pretty much the whole. Well, I was out for the whole season after about two or three games. Oh, right. um, so yeah, I, I pretty much missed a lot. Um, mm. I got a medal and at the end, and I, you know, I remember again, a funny, not funny, it's not funny at all. But um, my medal, there, there wasn't enough for <laughs> uh, some of the staff, so I actually offered mine to Morris O'Donnell. Right. Um and Gary Johnson sort of intervened. and went, no, 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 Tom, you know that's yours. You're part of the squad. You're, you're. But it didn't mean anything to me. Though, of course, saying earlier, it, it, I had no. It, it didn't mean. And if I'm honest, it probably doesn't now. Not really. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because I already played. So you know, I've already earned a, a medal for getting promoted. I already played that season.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so you went out on loan just for two or three games at Woking. Um, so yeah. why, why did you leave? Over what, what happened there?
4: Well. Again, with the big knee-up I'd add, I'd basically I got myself fit towards the end, towards the very end of that season. Um, sorry, I was getting myself fit. And then I was fit for probably about four-fifths of the way into pre-season. I was sort of declared fit, but I had no contract. And Gary Johnson had said, look, Tom, if you prove your fitness, I'll give you a six-month contract. Um, and if you prove your fitness halfway through that, then obviously we'll have a look at it. Um, so anyway, about two weeks before the season started, maybe a week before the season started, um, we were training on, on the main pitch. And obviously I wasn't getting paid at this time. I thought, that's fine, I'll, I'll earn a contract, no problem. And um, um, Tiverton phoned uh, Steve Thompson on this Friday Friday evening. And if they'd have run on a Thursday, um, I wouldn't have played for them on a Saturday because I didn't know if I was fit. But we had a game on the pitch I ran. I felt good. The, you know, the lads were positive. They you know oh, Tom. You know, you look, your knees look good. You look fine. And I was doing well in the training session. And you know, I felt good. And you know, Darren Skipper were like, "Oh, this could be you back then, couldn't it?" If everything was falling into place, it was brilliant. Um, and I got back to my mum's. And it's one of the first times I drove back after a training session. My knees didn't hurt one little bit. I felt good. Um, and I was at my mum's house, and Steve Thompson phoned and said, "Tom, Tiverton need a player tomorrow. Do you, I've told them you're not fit. You haven't really." Done any games or anything, but the reserve league didn't start for about four or five weeks. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I really fancy a game, so I agreed to play for them for one game as right. a favour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tomo sort of said, "Look, it'll probably last an hour or so." Anyway, in about the 88th minute, there was a horrendous pass from the centre forward to the left back. Left back left it. I ran to get it, and a lad slid in with his studs showing and sort of ruptured my medial ligament off my oh. knee. Oh God. Uh, and again uh, the physio at the time forgot to tell me that the insurance had ran out because i asked him specifically to <laughs> tell me when it ran out and i would take it up myself um he forgot so i had no insurance um to to get my knee seen to so i had to wait a while and basically long story short that was sort of another knee operation a ruptured medial ligament it was just time for me to i had to have a big operation where i was out for an eight weeks bed rest to put my knee back together mm-hmm. um yeah. Uh, screws and pins and yeah. I, there was just no coming back from that I was 28 and there was just no coming back from, from that big operation I had that, that was to make sure I could walk through, in, in later life not now
3: we've got another one of Tom's musical choices and this one is called Yeah and it's by a band called Usher peace up
5: peace eight town yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. okay usher 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 usher, usher. low-key, low key. she know how it is, hey, I started hey. shorty, she was checking up for me, from the game she was staying in my ear
6: Spit the truth, I won't what? stop till I get them in they birthday suits. Yeah, yeah. So give me the rhythm and it'll be off with they clothes. Well, then they bend over to the, the front and touch your toes. toes. I left the jag and I took the rolls. If they ain't cutting, then I put them on foot patrol. How you like me now? When my piggies valued get over 300,000. Let's drink, you the one to please. Little crisp filled cups like double D's. Being let once more when we leave some dead. We want a lady in the street, but a freak in a bed that say.
3: Usher and yeah, now this last tune has got a real sentimental value for Tom, and it's uh, Mariah Carey fantasy. missed that one out, Tom would have had my uh, whatsis if I had, I'm sure. So uh, Mariah Carey there in fantasy. That must have been a, a, a real blow, you know, for somebody that's so keen on football and you'd, you'd had, you know, some good times in football, albeit that uh, you know it had been affected by injury. But uh, to have to pack up at 28, my God, that's that's quite something, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it was. It was. Like I said, in fairness, for the sort of four or five years before that, I had a spells out of the game, and um, you know, you don't prepare. Especially back then, it wasn't, there isn't the opportunities that there is now to sort of do things um, sort of academically or whatever the case may be during your football engagement. It wasn't as much thought of back then as well, what am I going to do after football and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, basically, I had the eight weeks' bed rest and I had to sort of think, well, what am I going to actually do for money now? So, you know, I wasn't earning the sort of money and putting money away, mm. um, you know, to, to any great extent that was going to see me through you know any sort of number of years or such so yeah basically i had to think about what job i was going to go into so um and, and you know halfway through that that's what i had to start doing
3: mm. and and did you start with with uh, our sponsors at that point or no, was that came later
4: no. no that came a lot lot later yeah um jones's was about five five years later was i went it? to work for mm. um uh, at estate agents for four years yeah um worked work my way up quite quickly i went from You know basic basic person to to manage in a a, an office for a a company called connells there is one in Mm Newville, um in bristol um so yeah i got promoted pretty quickly a few times there um then i i left there just after the sort of northern rock thing happened where you know it went yeah everything sort of went wrong Mm. so it's about another year after that and then i went to um what was heart radio um and i was there for six months and then, funnily enough, on Terry Skiverton's Stagdew is where I met Dave, or re-met Dave Jones. I'd met him before, but um, at Lee Johnson's wedding. Uh, but at Skiverton's do, we sort of had a bit more of a chat and things. And then at the wedding, sort of four or five weeks later, he, he basically said, I want you to come and work for me. All right. So um, I was, I sort of said, well, I've already got a job, Jonesy. And he went, well, I want you to come and work for me. So, um, yeah, so look, basically like, he wanted me to help him set up the Bristol office and get get it involved, get it out there and get it in, into people's faces and, and obviously try and help it lift off because it, it didn't do any uh, work at the time. It just did well, it did some major construction work, but nothing day-to-day or reactive or, or contractually, frameworks and things. So, so that's how I started working for him. I'm still there now and um
3: what were you doing at heart radio then
4: i was selling advertising space oh so God. yeah uh, <laughs> i yeah.
3: sympathize i've done enough yeah, of that in my exactly. time
4: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so I was, you know going out to businesses and yeah. trying to promote the radio promote airtime and, and get them to buy things and stuff like that so yeah
3: not the easiest of jobs is it
4: no but i find it enjoyable um well my first week first week i started in a january and, um, basically my first week out on my own, I had this girl shadowing me and she said, Oh, look, this is embarrassing. Me shadowing you. She said, you, you, you can obviously do this. Um, and my, my first appointment brought him, I think it was 42,000 pounds for the year of top to bottom. Oh, wow. um, he, he was Gary. you all appreciate this. He was a man United fan. was yeah. I mean, In my hands. So me and him got on well straight away. Um, and I brought him back on the radio. He hadn't been on the radio for like nine or 10 years. Right. Um, which was great because you know everyone was buzzing like you go back to the office you know what it's like and they ring the bell you've brought in this great big new contract yeah yeah everyone everyone's they're all getting their bonus because they had to get over a certain amount of money to get their bonus for a, for the quarter um so, but then a, a couple of weeks couple of weeks later when they all had a one-to-one review um, the director or the sorry the md was a bit um unhappy with everyone i rocked up as this new boy and got this company back on the radio after 10 years and none of them had managed to go out and speak to him um in 10 years so they were all sort of looking at me with daggers then after a while
3: (laughs) so you weren't that popular at that point then
4: (laughs) no no it was all women as well it was all women me and all women
3: yeah so so now you know you're you're settled at, at jones's um you know do you see that being the future as far as you're concerned now
4: yeah my role's changed a lot um, over the years, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy. Um, James I don't see Jamesy as much as I used to work-wise now um, because my role's changed a bit. Uh, um, but yeah, um, you know he's a great guy to be honest, and I get on socially with him as well as work-wise. Um, you know we've, we've got a lot of obviously little Euro fans in the in organisation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy there. I've been there, like I said, quite a while now, and he's he's a fair man. You know what I mean? He's firm but fair. Mm. Um, yeah, I've but, been going great. So yeah,
3: but you're based in Yeovil now rather than Bristol.
4: No, no, no. I'm still based in Bristol. Oh dear, um, right, right. Yeah, I, we got a Porter's head office and at the moment. I'm working at um, Marlborough College a lot, so um, right. it's better to, from Bristol. I travel sort of an hour a day to Marlborough. Yeah, um, yeah, but things do change, you know. Um, yeah, you're always. I do a lot in uh, Butlins at Minehead as well. I'm always down there a lot lately, or last two or three years.
3: Yeah, oh, so good. yeah, it changes there was so much eventful
4: but yeah not
3: not, not, so um, so much potential there but it didn't it didn't sort of perhaps materialise itself as much as it could have done
4: it's funny when I was telling someone the other day because obviously a lot of people you know look at me now at you know 43 and you know a a few stone heavier than I was probably people who don't know me at all sort of a bit miffed that I ever played football but Hmm. you know when I was when I was when I was 19 I had Paul Gascoigne's agent same agent Mel Sting Um, again it wasn't as easy as it is now they didn't just see you on the internet and you know it was word of mouth and this that and the other he'd heard I had potential and you know I, I had I had, yeah Paul Gascon's agent Mel Sting was my agent when I was 19 hmm. um, obviously then I got injured and I kind of went went wrong from there but yeah it's funny how things go and i said I, I know there was a forest scout who watched me a number of times and he couldn't believe i didn't go but i'll tell you that story another day well yeah. your dark career
3: has anything come of that
4: yeah we've, we've shelved it a little bit again with the big family my dad's there on a bristol scene he won the belgian open um yeah, yeah it's um yeah we all played on a monday night uh, my brother and my uncle uh, but yeah no I, i'm not particularly good i, I played mark dubridge who he was he was the flash yeah, um, people m- might know him. He's, he's got a local bar in Bristol now, not far from me, called the Five Hundred One. Right, him and Steve Brang. Um, I played him in uh, singles, and I was on two hundred and sixty-five or something, and he he had twenty left. He went double nine, double one. <laughs> Flash uh, kids. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. I I, I, I I played for five years. Um, and I had no 180s, and then on one night I hit two in the doubles and the singles, and yeah? I still lost oh, dear. I Still lost both. So yeah, not really successful. I like the darts and I do. I'm not a bad player, but yeah, I'm not. I'm never going to win anything.
3: <laughs> well, I, I only ever got one one Actually, that was at the, the Globe at Misterton, But there you go. Well that's the end of the line with uh, with Tom and Tom is now of course working for our club sponsors DR Jones and being very successful up there too, masterminding big building sites all over the country so uh, well done Tom for that and thanks very much for joining us again I hope you'll join us again for the next Golden Oldie, which I couldn't tell you who it is yet, but there we go we'll soon find out, thanks for joining us goodbye no space to in
2: traffic is stuck, and you're not moving anywhere, you thought you found a friend, to take you out of this place, someone you can lend a hand in return for grace, so beautiful
0: Three Valleys
7: radio coverage oh, what a shot that is. of Yeovil Town Football Club direct from Hewish Park.